Hey everyone, and welcome to Off the Beaten Cliff. This week we are sitting down and speaking with Alex Weringa of Rare Candy. Uh, he was kind enough to come on and talk for about a half hour uh, about all his new music and everything Rare Candy. So, without further ado, let's get into it. How does it taste with your lips pressed to mine? Cause to me it tastes like someone else's breath that's scaring me to death. Why can't you just say what's on your mind? We're both wasting our time. Three, two, one. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm good to go. <laughs> What's going on, man? How are you? Good. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing so good. Uh, can you pronounce your last name so I don't have to butcher it? Yes. My last name is Waringa. Like, I always tell people, like, it's Waringa shirt. Perfect. Yeah. I d- and I mean, I'm that's how you like, would out of bar, but... and I'm like, yeah, guys, like, wearing clothes. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Um, we, we talked to uh, Ben Rosette last week. Uh, I don't know if you ever listened to Strawberry Girls or his solo stuff. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, we talked to him last week, and it was like, uh, I know how it's how I say it, but how do you say it? And I'm sure right, you right. get that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so Alex is uh, with uh, Rare Candy and uh, formerly of Belmont. Uh, do you want to get into That's Belmont me. stuff first, or do you want to just get into Rare Candy stuff? Uh, let's get into Rare Candy stuff, dude. I- I'm busy. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so... You actually have some shows coming up uh, at the end of this month and then uh, in the beginning of May. And uh, I saw you say something on Twitter earlier about uh, announcing shows this summer, which uh, is Hell exciting. Yeah. I'm sure you can't talk all the way about it just yet, but um, let's talk when, about those when shows first. When will this first. podcast be released is the, is the big question. Um, the last Monday of April. So we got a few weeks. Okay. Fuck yeah. So I think... The exact date is like April twenty fifth, something like that, or Very April eighteenth. Cool. Okay, yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I have two shows coming up at the end of the month. Uh, I guess one is the beginning of May. Playing with Action Adventure, longtime homies of mine. They're celebrating a release, um, that they put out last year, and then Boys of Fall is actually also playing both again, longtime homies of mine, like from the Detroit area, and then I just got confirmed to be um opening up for Ace Enders of the early November. He's doing like a string of shows, like like mostly East Coast, um, middle of May to end of May, like a, like a two two and some change weeks, something like that. But yeah, very cool. That's awesome. That's huge. Super duper stoked. If anything, it's cool just to you know go get to hang out with him and and see him play. Yeah, totally. No, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm definitely stoked. Um, but like this year's been busy. Like that feels good. Yeah, that's awesome. And you recently said you moved to uh, New York, right? Yes. How My big of a change and I is both that? Live here. Sorry. How big of a change was that moving from Chicago? Uh, it's it's a big change. I've been moving around a lot like the past few years. Um, I haven't lived in Chicago in almost three years at this point now. Oh, wow. my God. Uh, but moved out with my girlfriend. We were both living in Manhattan, like middle of pandemic. And when it seemed like live music wasn't going to be a thing for a little while still, um, we moved to Nashville, which was a little bit more flexible to us. Like we didn't want to wait out the rest of the pandemic in like a tiny little bedroom with five people in a in a three bed you know yeah. manhattan style ideally we were all going to be on the road and going to be out of the house all the time um 
but that didn't quite happen. So we gave Nashville a shot, which was cool, a little bit, a little bit under a year. And then I just moved back and I'm now living in Brooklyn for the first time now. Brooklyn, very cool. Very cool. Yeah, that's that's incredible to be able to move around like that. It's I don't wish it on anybody. It's definitely not not cheap. It's um definitely stressful. Oh yeah. Um, I, there's yeah, nothing worse oh than gosh, moving. Yeah. I moved Dude. twice in the last three years and that was that was terrible. So bad. I definitely <laughs> thought like we might you know how like things just switch up last minute. We were definitely low key anticipating like maybe having to end out in LA for a little while. Um, we're not trying to move back to Chicago just yet. We feel like when we move back to Chicago, like we're done. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, I wouldn't mind having like a, like a house by my parents or like by the family. Like I love my family. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, that's like when we're, when we're settling down for sure. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so what, what was the appeal of, uh, Manhattan and Brooklyn and New York? Like Manhattan was cool. My girlfriend had to be out here in New York before I moved out here. Um, but a friend of ours had a room open up in Manhattan and it wasn't look like I was going to be touring anytime soon. So I just kind of on a whim said, yeah, you know, like, like we've been together for a while. Like let's, let's move in together. Like let's go to Manhattan. And she had to be out in New York, but I figured if I wasn't doing anything, like why not, why give up the opportunity to like live in the big apple, dude? Like right. if I could do it, why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so true. Yeah. I, I oh, yeah. fantasize about living in New York, but I don't think I could ever do it. Just live out the how i met your better life it's it's brutal man like being out here in brooklyn is a little bit nicer um it's just the two of us now so no more roommates but we have like a bedroom on one side and like this is like the office like extension of the living room um but it's definitely cool to have like a little bit more space this round like i'm definitely enjoying new york more now that i know i can go home and i can kick it (laughs) right yeah uh being able to live by yourself is probably huge um in terms of like having your own place i know you've you do a lot of diy you do all your own you send out all your own merch you send out the the vinyls and everything Hell yeah um do you do all that from home how does that how do you do all that yes i do it all from home um a lot of times my process is like i'll order merch for tour sell it on like the run come home and then just throw the rest up online and i definitely think there's like a little bit of appeal even if it's just for some of like knowing that like i wrote that shit with my hands like i put that stickers in there and like i have like a little candy stamp that i like ink all the addresses like it's fun and like i enjoy doing it and i know that like it's not going to make the biggest deal in the world in regards to like the merch cut the company gets and the or the merch cut that um Bandcamp gets for doing it like that way like it definitely just it's it's fun yeah. to me like the hour or two of just sitting down and banging it out every every few weeks is is definitely worth it yeah, and, and I guess what was the decision to do like the the two sided vinyl with uh, turnip head and um, cream soda? So good. Uh, I definitely just got peer pressured into doing vinyl. I knew <laughs> I wasn't going to be like doing an LP anytime super soon, and people had been bugging me. Not bugging me, like it's fine. Um, people have been like on me about vinyl, and I just recently started getting into like collecting vinyl, and I'm like, damn, even even if it was just fucking 50 people that really really wanted one like they've been selling like pretty pretty well and like people are still picking up both shows which is way cool even though it's like an older release yeah it honestly um, those two eps felt like they went together i don't know if that was intentional or not but it just felt like they were like albums it, that were it wasn't it was like cool like i went to the same producer like my friend roy um who lives in indiana like not too too far from like where i grew up 
um, did both of them. And I think he absolutely like knocked it out of the park. I think he really grasped my sound. So being able to see like the growth from cream soda to turn a pet, not only like as a musician, but also like hearing him improve and like, I guess, grasp what I'm going for even better. He also did, um, want you to know and far too sweet, which I think he even sounds even better. Yeah. Yeah. Want you to know is, want you to know is probably my favorite song. And thank you. Uh, I, I think love, I agree. I think I agree. I think that's my favorite song. <laughs> I, I don't even know why. I can't really put a finger on why it's so different and good. But I, I love them all. But that one just for whatever reason stands out. Maybe it's because it's a single. Fuck yeah. No, I I very much agree. I think that one is definitely probably the most grown up like songwriting wise that I think I have. I think I really enjoyed like bringing a more full band aspect to it. Um gonna try and do a little more full band stuff like like later this year like touring wise so hopefully that shakes out well um but yeah i definitely think it's the most like well put together i think everything blends very very well yeah the the two personal favorite for sure (laughs) yeah i'm sure uh the the two new singles have uh ukulele uh that's a that's a new addition uh is that something you just picked up um i've had a ukulele for a while i did two i released two ukulele songs long long time ago on a on a split with an old friend of mine and i feel like they were just kind of because i had a uke and i wanted to do something with them um so i released queen of autumn and uh you around long long time ago but i had been like not really wanting to travel with my guitar or like lug around this heavy thing so i know that like having like my uke i can just bring it with me on like weekend trips um I feel like I wrote those songs and sat on them for so long. I was like, I just have to just put these out just because I don't think I can move on and keep <laughs> writing more music unless I just get these out of my system. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, uh, I forget which, the which is the first one I wrote it down. The first one is, uh, nowhere to go. The little spooky one. Yes. Nowhere to go. It feels like you're in like Paris and yeah. <laughs> I call it the, the Pepe Le Pew song. Cause I feel like Pepe Le Pew. Very cool. Like uh, walking around a, a pretty girl. I definitely like that. That, that reads. That's so funny. <laughs> um, yeah, it definitely took on like a like a French, like almost like New Orleans vibe. Um, my buddy Sterling, who I've been friends with forever at this point, um, he's into like producing and songwriting and definitely more like behind the scenes music stuff. Amazing, by the way. He used to be in a band called The Happy All Right. So good. Um, but he helped me with those songs. He like mixed and then sent them off to Roy who mastered them to kind of like clean them up, make them kind of like fit with my sound. But Sterling did a lot with the production. Um, he wrote the little accordion part that was in there. And I definitely think that just like spun it in a whole new direction that I was like, this is not what I knew it needed. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, it definitely, sorry, go ahead. No, don't, I, was, I was just curious, like, did you, how much did you plan going into that song? Did you just have like the uke and the, the lyrics and you guys kind of worked on it together or? Yeah, I had I had the uke and the vocals done and then I threw in um I threw in like a very very subtle bass track. Nowhere to go. Definitely just took a, a spooky spin. Love those ukulele tracks. I forgot where we were going after that. <laughs> uh I guess just like uh the production of your music, like um since you're you're pretty much the only one, like do you hit a stalemate quite a bit when you're writing these songs and you don't have people to bounce ideas off of or do you constantly can i definitely think i do sometimes 
yeah, a little bit of writer's block. Um, I feel like I'm low-key in like a little bit of a writer's block right now, but I think I kind of have to take the fact that I just released two songs. And even if I'm not writing a million songs a day right now, what I can do is like definitely put more energy into like the shows that I have coming up and just making sure I'm practicing all the time and really, really like improving like the live performance and making sure that like my merch is going to be like top 10 um, and just kind of make sure that I keep laying down any little diddle that comes to mind, even if it's only 30 seconds, like one day I'll be sitting here bored and I'll come back to it and kind of like delve into it more. But I feel like the one thing that I can't do is like rush into a song, think it's done. I'm like, all right, I'm going to record it and then like hate it later. I think I definitely beat myself. I don't beat myself up. I think I beat songs into my head thinking like, no, 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 just finish it. Just do it. Woo. <laughs> um, patience is key. Yeah. Yeah. And that's gotta be tough with art because, uh, I, I'm like a, I'm equal parts perfectionist, but also I want to like get things done. So mm-hmm. like I'm a goal oriented person. So it, it's got to be tough to like have a song that you're sitting on. And you're like, I want to do something with this, but I don't know what. So I need to come back to it when I have a, a fresh head. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like that's, it's just like a saying in art, like it's never finished. You just stop working on it. And that's like a million percent true. Like one day you're like, all right, this is enough. Yeah. Have you ever thought about like reimagining songs afterwards? Like, oh, I could have done this. I could have, I should have done this. Um, I have. I think there might be songs that I think, um, I guess Feeling 17 is a good example. Like I recorded the demo of it, thought it was done, um, ended up not recording it for Cream Soda, came back to it, really liked it, like built off of it, wrote like a second verse. Like, I guess that's not reimagining, but, um, Definitely coming back to something that I thought was done. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to reimagining something. I think now that I'm super into like ukulele again, like bringing some songs and kind of stripping them down and making them a little like giving them like that spacey, like ethereal vibe, what I think would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's something artists do. And like um, Transit did it best with the Futures and Sutures. Um, And Beartooth seems to do it quite a bit as well. Like, as soon as you just make the song sound a little bit different, I feel like the lyrics hit different and just like, it just completely changes the song. And I'm always interested in what the the mindset is behind people doing that. I agree. I, th- I think you get like a, you catch things that you didn't catch the first time. And then you, and then you run back to the original song and be like, Ooh, is that little keyboard part actually in the first song? And I feel like you come across like so many different fun little aspects of reimagining a song. Um, great example of a really good reimagined song i think is um between you and me when they reimagined dakota mm-hmm. oh, such an amazing such an amazing reimagination um i wouldn't venture to say i think i like them both equally the same and i feel like normally you like one or the other but oh man they both hit in just the right ways yeah yeah and it gets you listening to it twice as much it's it's a crazy thing it's the same song but you you can't get enough of it so good um so is full candy like the the full time thing right now? It's like got all your attention. Um, it's fair candy. That's what's up. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah. Go ahead. I was no. I was just gonna say like I like work like sidekicks and like I DJ and kind of like get up to whatever I can get up to like in the meantime. But yeah, fair candy, hundred percent. Is that uh, you self release all your music? Yes. Man, that's gonna be tough. Is it? I mean, it's probably t- easier now with like uh, like streaming services and stuff but how is that? um it's it's definitely like a challenge on its own but 
it's definitely easier now than ever for sure um yeah i feel like people get so hung up on the idea that like you need a label like you need like a huge team behind you and um you're never gonna get there unless like you swim the proper channels and kind of just like i don't want to say like you have to like eat shit first but you definitely have to like figure figure shit out on your own yeah yeah um with the name rare candy i've seen you tweet a couple things about people getting mad that you're not like a pokemon themed band um where did you come up with uh the name for rare candy so ridiculous it's definitely a pokemon name but like well i feel like i cycled through so many like dumb names like when i was like (laughs) originally just like playing songs for fun or like hopping on shows that had people drop last a minute and it's like yo alex you want to come did a 25 minute set like you were gonna come anyway yeah um and i had gone by the name rare candy once and then there was um a magazine at this music shop music shop that was called rare candy and i was like oh my gosh i think that's the sign i was like i think i just gotta stick with it yeah that's that's so cool i i was never really into pokemon so when i started listening like my my wife my girlfriend at the time my wife was like oh this is poke is where's the pokemon i was like i i don't know what you're talking about like i didn't know anything about right. pokemon so um yeah th- I, there's a lot of cool stuff like i didn't know turnip head was uh from how's moving castle um there's sure just a is. lot of a lot of cool little nods there that uh, a lot of people can catch on to but people like me who do not get it uh love it when they do find out right you'll you'll catch it in little things um I think my favorite little like nuance quote is a uh, swatch dogs and diet coke heads. It's a it's a Heather's reference. Oh. Have you ever seen that movie with yeah. Winona Ryder? So good. It's like she's calling all her stuck up little friends. So funny. <laughs> now I gotta go watch it again. I, that's probably so good, one of the, dude. What a great movie. <laughs> it's so demented. Um, yeah, I I personally love the as told by Ginger because it was like it flipped a switch. Like oh my god, I forgot about that Nickelodeon show from. The 90s. Right, so good. Um, yeah. The, when it came to As Told by Ginger, was that one of the first songs you ever wrote? or Because that is definitely the most optimist I think you've been, and I love it. <laughs> um, it's definitely the first. It's the first song I released is Red Candy. Um, I think it was, I think it was like, like you said, in like a different aspect. I feel like it was like a flip of a switch. Um, I definitely wrote a bunch of songs. Like even when I was in high school and playing in like, want to be like fall out boy bands um i think this was one of the first songs where i decided i was gonna actually maybe like maybe put a little bit of effort into like doing rare candy seriously and i think once i decided to put in that little bit of extra effort i was like oh man like this is a good song like like this is way cool like i think i think people will actually fuck with this and i think it was like a like a change of heart like in my confidence being like yo like i should just release it like why not like let's throw an ep together like my homie's a producer. He lives 45 minutes away. Like he would crush it. And yeah, it's, it sounded great. And everything on cream soda was very, very like living in my parents' basement, like barely turned 20, definitely just decided to like kind of boss to the wall, like go to music. Like I moved out not just shortly after that. Yeah. Very cool. Super yeah. Super early. As told by Ginger and want you to know, both have that, like the last chorus, just like you belt it out and that's i love that dude that just it makes me like whatever you're saying i feel like you're emoting it and um i love that and it's this both those parts i've sent to my friends and been like just skip to like minute 320 and just right. blare it cuz you're going to yeah. and you can feel something yes <laughs> <laughs> it's just like opening yourself up like and that it how 
how um, scary is it to do that for the first time? Because, I mean, as you said, As Told by Ginger was your first song. So to do that is really bold on oh, your yeah. first song. Um, I definitely think it was a little nerve-wracking. I definitely had the pleasure of, like, knowing that I had already had, um, like, a friend base and, like, my local music scene. Like, I had grown up, like, 15 or 20 minutes from a venue that I went to all the time. Um, I had already been in, like, a band that had, like, done, like, weekend runs and kind of had, like, been around. Um, so I think finally putting out something that was, like, mine was the scariest part. Um, I was a drummer in, like, my, like, first, like, touring band. Um, and even though I was definitely, like, a big part in everything that went on, this was something where it was just, like, front to star, like, beginning to end, like, that was mine, and I think that was, like, the most, like, nervous part, or the nervous, most nervous I've been. Yeah, it, it's like, there's no one else that this falls on but me, like, this is, this is mm -hmm. my entity, and it's, yeah. it's, it's gotta be scary to, like, be that vulnerable, to, like, be, it's a solo thing, you know? Oh yeah. Now that I need Dude, to explain that to I, you, you're the one that lived it, but <laughs> I played a I played a show the other day in uh in Brooklyn and I went out on stage and I grabbed my guitar and such a sweetheart. This girl goes, Fuck yeah, we love stage hands and I was like, Oh no. I was like, I'm about to play. <laughs> oh, and, oh my gosh. That's so incredible. Her and I definitely definitely besties now. We definitely like <laughs> shot the shit at the merch table and i knew she was just hella pumped just to be at a show and i was like fuck yeah like dude no hard feelings like yeah. it's, it's all good like i had a blast <laughs> yeah i i mean uh like concert etiquette still has to be relearned yeah <laughs> right right refined yeah no i definitely had that like half a second of just like like gloom and doom like my forehead turned blue and i was like nope you're a rock star like get out there <laughs> um so uh, we've talked about, you know, the the two singles and um, all the shows coming up. Are you hell yeah? Are you talking uh, like another music release this year or are you more worried about touring and stuff? I'm hoping so. Um, I feel like I'm doing. I'm doing a tour in May with Ace and then I'm doing some routing shows for a festival in August. That'll be cool. Uh, so I'm pretty booked up until the end of summer. I feel like after like enough momentum, I feel like towards the end of the year, as like touring starts dying down, will be a good time to kind of like hone in and really start working on like new release. Um, I think recording around November would be ideal um, for like an early spring or release next year. I think it'd be killer. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, are you, when you employ do you employ people to like play drums and stuff on on those kind of tracks when you play bigger songs or um it depends i do a lot of my own drumming um for wanting you to know i kind of like laid down a super rough kind of idea and my producer Roy like is a drummer and then so he went in and like played it like a studio drummer would oh that's cool um and so i write all like the drum and bass parts it's like easy enough to like track double bass like on like a MIDI keyboard, um, but I have brought in, um, want you to know was like a live like upright upright bass, um, that was mad fucking cool. I think you you can't beat it. Yeah, yeah. It, do you have like country music influences? Because want you to know kind of felt twangy at times. Hell yeah, um, I have a little bit of country influence. I feel like I was like growing up was definitely more into like the white stripes and shit like that um 
but I don't think I have any like actual country influences. I'm really into like like modern folky stuff. Like I'm really into like the Punch Brothers and the Avid Brothers. Um honestly like learning to play Mumford and Songs was mad fun. Um yeah, I definitely would say I more have like a like a folky sort of like artsy influence. Yeah. over country. Yeah, I, there's someone uh Rustin Kelly, I don't know if you've ever listened to him. He's like labeled as country, but he's got the same kind of feel of like uh, it's folky, but uh, almost Americana, which I, I hate to throw Hell that yeah. word around, but yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's always been really cool. And um, yeah, I definitely like having like a little bit of twang, but like I definitely come from like a like an emo pop punk kind of upbringing. Um, been doing that for like super duper long. So finding like my balance is always a is always a challenge and a good time. Is it hard to uh, to break the mold of doing pop punk because there is Real Friends and Fall Out Boy and so many huge bands from Chicago? Right, definitely. Uh, I feel like I kind of started my fan base knowing that I was like a like a DIY like pop punk kid. Uh, but I think it's cool at the same time to like reach out to other artists and kind of just like find out how they're doing it. Like I lived in Nashville for a little while and bumped into so many people that are trying to like pursue their musical career in like a completely different way and that was like i would have never even thought about going to writer's rounds or like shit like that yeah a a guy we uh my other uh host and i uh know from growing up he moved from a little town around here he moved down to nashville and he he joins all those writers groups and they like they put songs together for famous people and they get paid out for it it's just like something you don't really think about it when it comes to art you just think like people write their own songs but down in nashville it's like it's it's uh it's definitely a business down in nashville yeah nashville was was mad fun though i feel like new york is like business though i feel like moving to new york has definitely um it's definitely given me like a sense of urgency almost um nashville was like it was the middle of a pandemic it was like it felt like summer vacation like (laughs) i was hanging out with my friends like every weekend yeah, now yeah, it's like time fun. to get to business. The world's open Dude, back oh up. Yeah. Oh yeah, shit's expensive here, man. I gotta be <laughs> out here. Um, so my partner had a couple questions before we we get off here, and then I'll let you go. Um, he says that you remind remind me a lot of Blind Melon and other pop folk acts from the '90s. How much did uh, did you pull influence from? Fuck yeah, um, I fuck with Blind Melon. Um, from the '90s, I think I like i guess growing up i kind of took influence from um like i was really into like nirvana and like pearl jam and the foo fighters and i liked having like a little bit of edginess to kind of like the things that i'm doing um i definitely don't think i found like my folky countryside until i was in like high school though right (laughs) so sick though um and he wants to know uh what would uh what was the decision to go raw instrumentally like strip everything down uh, what was that decision like and how did you come to it? Hell yeah. Um, I guess it all started like I feel like I had been in like fast, like energetic bands for so long. I kind of found solace in the fact that like I could write my own music by myself, just like with with a guitar and kind of like enjoyed like the little bit of riffage and like making it fun like that way. Um. But I don't think it was really a choice to not go full band. I think it was more like a 
it started off this way and it's just kind of like stuck ever since. Yeah. No, it's cool too. Cause you get to pay attention to the acoustic guitar and like, mm-hmm. I don't know, there's like a, a, like a storytelling vibe that you give too. like dry oh, clean yeah. only has to be, I don't know if it's, you're going for comedy, but it's so funny to like, like let little one bit, little yeah. thing like, no, you know what you've, you washed and dried when you knew you weren't supposed to, and you fucked this shirt up that I gave you. You dummy. You dummy. <laughs> and it's just such a – I know it's – it. whether it was com- being comedy or not, I just thought it was so cool and good songwriting to like feel like you were a part of it and you know exactly what someone's going with with that song. So. Hell yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't think that – again, that comes with just like vocals and guitar. Like I tell my story like how I hear it to myself. Like, Yeah. Yeah. That's all. Love that. Uh, well, Alex, we won't keep you uh, any longer. I appreciate Dude. you so much for coming on and talking My guy, to us. of course. Um, go check out Rare Candy. Go listen to the two new singles that were released. Uh, Please do. Month. Come to the shows. Go see the shows. Uh, where are they at? There's one in... Um, show in Chicago, April 30th. Show in Grand Rapids, Michigan, May 1st. Bunch of dates in May. Hell yeah. And uh, go ahead and uh, check the show notes and you'll see Alex's... Uh, Instagram, his website, all that fun stuff. So, uh, Alex, Sweet, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on, my man. Have a good day. Of course, my dude. Yeah, so sorry. Let's fucking rock and roll. <laughs> so, there it is. There's our interview with Rare Candy. Uh, Kevin, sorry you didn't get to make it. Uh, we had a bunch of crazy scheduling conflicts. So, um, I'm sorry you didn't get to make it, my man. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. I'll uh, I'll live, I suppose. You had to you had to binge all that rare candy, and then you didn't even get to put your, <laughs> yeah. your wealth of knowledge well, to use. I enjoyed it, so that's okay. Got yeah. to listen to something I'd never heard before, so that's always a good thing. Yeah, and honestly, like I don't know if you feel the same way, but we've been doing interviews the last couple of weeks, and I kind of miss like showing each other music. We've been keeping it alive in the group chat, but it's nice to know that like this the need to listen to different music is still there. Well, yeah, even the group chat's been kind of slow. It's kind of, it makes me sad. <laughs> but uh, we'll get back with it here soon. I, I know we're uh, we're doing a an episode next week, uh, which we can talk about here in a minute, um, where we're going to just talk about current music that we're into. Uh, we're going to have two of our friends on, and uh, it's going to be a good time. I think it's, it's fun to show each other. Like, we do songs of the show, which we're about to get into, but it's kind of cool to just show, like, a diverse... Um, group of songs that we're gonna talk about next week and everyone gets to kind of show like it's kind of show and telly i think yeah it it will have uh we'll have one of our friends on we haven't had on before so on any of our podcasts so it'll be fun to get his because he listens to different music than all of us do so it'll be fun to have him on and uh get some different perspectives and some different avenues of music so yeah uh what, what do you got for song of the show this week so I'm going to do uh, the band that reached out to us on Instagram. Uh, Vormir, I believe is how you say that, the Comet Queen. Um, we listened to it, and it's uh, like, I, I don't know how they found us, but they, I think it was probably from Feminist February. They have a female vocalist, and they reached out and said something like, hey, see you're doing stuff for you know women in music, and reached out, see if we would listen to their stuff. And yeah, we we listened, we all listened to their song on the, the uh, group chat, and I really liked it. I, I mean, it's obviously it's a raw kind of mixing. They're they're probably pretty new, but I think there's a lot of really good stuff there. It's really uh, it's just good rock. Like I really really enjoyed it. Uh, I was I was surprised by how much I liked it actually. So uh, thanks for reaching out, and uh, we'll we'll tag you in the uh, the uh, 
on Instagram, or we can message you. Let you know we we, we listened to it. We liked it. Um, I don't know how you felt about it, Dill, but I, I enjoyed it. Oh no, I loved it. Like it, it has that '80s metal feel, and it almost made me nostalgic for the '80s metal playlist we did. Like if we yeah. snuck that in the '80s metal playlist, that would that would fit in seamlessly. Um, yeah, hundred percent. It. I thought the guitars were great, and yeah, I I was really appreciative that 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 band reached out to us and uh if anyone else wants to do that we love listening to, to new music and that's really the point of this podcast so if you want to reach out to us on instagram um we love we love that kind of stuff and you we will listen we're not a we're not too big of a podcast to not listen you know? <laughs> right right um, but yeah I'm, I'm excited to uh put them in the uh put them in our instagram story and give them a shout because like you said, it was so surprising for a band to reach out to us and then to hear that and be so like excited about it. It's it's really exciting to hear that they only have a few songs and it kind of feels like we're on the ground floor of it. Yeah, man. Um, so my song of the show is Nothing to Do by Oso Oso. O-S-O O-S-O. It sounds like, and I tweeted this, uh, so if you follow me on Twitter, you already know I said all this, but it sounds like music that would play at the end of a Scrubs episode when uh, JD and Elliot break up for the hundredth time, and somehow yeah. it just like makes me nostalgic for like that very specific white boy alternative music from like the mid-2000s, and I know it still exists, but I have a hard time finding it, and... I just love it. I, I anytime I hear it, it makes me think of Scrubs. Like it makes me want to go back to like junior high because 2005 was like such a specific time and such a weird time, and I and I love it. Yeah, man. So, so yeah, uh, there you go. There's our episode. Uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter one this week, um, but like we said, next week is probably going to be a little bit longer, um, and it's going to kind of be our transition into playlists for the summer which i'm really really excited about yeah how are we doing are we starting with windows down part two? Oh, we have to yeah i think we have to yeah because it just sets the sets the tone for for summer like the first week of may like it's it's a whole fucking mood there, there's a reason we did it last year it was like we have no other choice so yeah i think it would just had the weather had just turned too so it was perfect when we were recording it last year um yeah hopefully we get some great submissions um like windows are rolled down or whatever the fuck that song was was the perfect pick from grant so uh yeah i'm excited to get get into summer playlists it's my favorite time of the year yeah and uh we're gonna start reaching out uh for suggestions on our playlists um if you guys have music that you're currently into and you you want us to add to the playlist uh give us a shout on instagram it's at off the beaten clef our twitter is at off clef and we love emails as well um, yes it's actually our preferred method, but uh, we'll take anything we can get uh, off the beaten cleft at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I mean, we like e- we like emails just because we can read your thoughts. It's not just us reacting to it. So, yeah. Um, this episode is not going to be on YouTube, but we have been posting to YouTube. Uh, and I'm really excited about all that. Uh, it, it's kind of been a breath of fresh air. Uh, I'm not great at editing videos, but I'm at least having fun being a super amateur at it. So. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're not we're not trying to blow the world away here. We just want to get our shit out there in a different medium, and uh, yeah, it'll be it's fun. I, I watched, I both watched and listened to the last two episodes, so um, you know, trying to drop that view count and listen count up. <laughs> and it's it's interesting to like watch our mannerisms. I didn't realize mm-hmm. I had such annoying mannerisms. 
Yeah, I, I touch my glasses constantly, dude. <laughs> and it's, it's, it fucking pisses me off, but, you know, it is what it is. It yep. is what it is. It is what it is. Um, but, yeah, we've we've got a lot of exciting stuff on the horizon. So uh, thanks, everyone, that's uh, been listening, and thanks to everyone that's joining us along for the ride. So uh, everyone have a good week. Yep. Bye.